If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. Become Marie's friend on Facebook or follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's new website. It has a whole new look and added features like Chakra of the Month and a live Twitter feed. Sign up for Marie's free newsletter. Each quarter, she writes an in-depth article in response to Dear Marie questions. Email Marie if you'd like your question to be answered in an upcoming edition. For more information, visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com, or call 425-825-5671. Welcome to the Marie Manucherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Welcome to the Remenu Cherry Show. We are live here in Seattle. It's Thursday, so on Thursdays I interview. And uh, we have my beloved writing coach, Emily Warren, in the studio. Hi, Emily. Hi, Marie. <laughs> um, Emily, is, it's so interesting because I think I met you maybe five years ago. Do you know the timetable exactly? I think it was five years yeah. ago. Uh, Emily lives here in Seattle now. She originally grew up in California. And I'll talk more about her and her bio in just a moment. But, yeah, we met about five years ago. And at the, uh, I think after we had been seeing each other for maybe a couple years, I asked you if you would be willing to read this manuscript I've been writing forever. And I said, oh, I think I know some people who can do that for (laughs) you. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, so Emily's a writer, a poet, actually, and Mm -hmm. you have several published books on poetry. Yeah, I have five books on poetry. Five books, I mean, which is amazing. And I got to see you read from your last book that was published, um, and that was beautiful, uh, with Andrea Friesen. We got to see you at the University of Washington giving a reading on poetry. With the gorgeous. rock and roll band. With the rock and roll band. <laughs> hey, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> forgotten about the rock and roll band. That's so funny. Um, and so you love, love to write, don't I, you? That's, that's my being. I love to write. It makes you so happy. It makes me so happy. On Facebook, I'm talking to people about mentoring. Like if there's something they really want to do in the world and they don't believe that they can, you know, or they don't have the tools to do it, that they need to find a mentor. And some people have asked, well, what do you look for in a mentor? And I've said so far, someone who loves what they do and Mm -hmm. who does it really well. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And wants to share it with other people. Right, right. Because maybe you you hesitated initially because, you know, I said, could you read this for me and tell me if it's any good? Because I've been writing it forever. I had like 450 pages. Way too many pages. <laughs> Way too many pages. <laughs> exactly. I've learned so much from, from Emily. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. So, yeah, way too many pages. And, um, and I had already had a intuitive hit that you were going to read it and ultimately coach me. But right, but I didn't say anything because you were also a client of mine, and I didn't want to make put pressure on you, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right. Um, and so I said, "Yeah, I don't know if this thing is any good, but um, could right. you give so, me your opinion?" Right. So I called Marie and said, "You know, I think I could do this, and I'd like to do this. What do you think about that?" Yeah, and that's <laughs> what I said. That's what I, I already thought that. But before that, you had actually interviewed some people and said, "Hey, there's this person I know who's wanting to write something. Would you like to help her?" And they were all booked. 
they were all booked. They right. and and I think one person who was booked wasn't interested. Right, they right? weren't interested. Yeah, right. and so then you finally thought, well, wait a minute, maybe I'll do it. That would be fun. And I think when you mentor other people, you learn so much yourself. And when you have this wonderful relationship with your mentee or the person you're teaching, right, they help shape you too. They help. They give back to you. I I actually agree. I completely agree with you. I like you. Um, began mentoring people in energy medicine, not because I wanted to or because it was my idea, but mostly because people begged me to. (laughs) Just like what happened with you. Right. Yeah. 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 you weren't I didn't beg. No. I I would have eventually, (laughs) by the way, but uh, um, I I didn't beg yet. I didn't have to. Yeah. So, and I would say I've learned so much about how my mind works in the field of energy medicine. And I don't know if you need to learn any more about writing. I mean, you love it so much, and you've been writing forever. Oh, you never stop learning. Really? No, you never stop learning. And I think what you just said that's so wonderful about writing is you don't really know what you have to say until you write it. So, you know, it's in the process of writing that opens your brain, and not just to your logical brain. So when you begin to write, you always think, Everybody always has a dream. They want to tell their story. They feel like they have really something to say. But often when people sit down with their pen and paper, they can't start. And that's where a coach really helps. Oh, just so helpful. So helpful. So it says here that you were born in San Francisco, moved at the age of seven from your then Bohemian neighborhood (laughs) in Marion, California, to the Orthodox Jewish community in Detroit. That's true. Wow. My father's from um, Michigan. Really? Yeah, Dearborn. Mm -hmm. Oh, Dearborn. Yeah, Uh that's right. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For Warren, poetry links music and meaning every bit as powerful and oddly as religious traditions do, inventing complicated invisible relationships. So what does that mean exactly to you? Well, moving from Marin to Detroit, mm-hmm. where I then, my life was structured by religion. We'd go to synagogue and study Hebrew. And so when you're a child, those experiences are nonverbal, right? Mm-hmm. You have a sense of the divine or um, and a sense of a community worshiping the divine. So it shapes you in some way. And Many people just turn away from that and then come back to it. Well, the way I came back to it is through poetry. So poetry um, really tries to express what is inexpressible. So those same feelings that you have that you experience, but words seem um, they they seem like tools that don't quite do it. So we turn to telling stories and writing poems to capture that without saying it directly. Oh, it's so beautiful. And you do it so well. In um, 1978, um, you moved to the Northwest, and Mm -hmm. you began to work for the North Cascades National Park. Mm -hmm. What did you do? What did I do? (laughs) Well, actually, what I did was I built trails. Oh, you did? built fire lines. So I had been a park ranger, but I actually found it much more rewarding or much more suited to me be actually be out there uh-huh. working in the woods without having to uphold laws or rules and actually getting to be in the land, in the landscape. So I, I had turned to nature or I had experiences in nature that were every bit as inexplicable and powerful as religious experience mm-hmm. where you feel like you're connected to the one. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I threw myself into nature 
uh, instead of into religion at first. And so that's what I did. And then after working five days a week in the woods, in the mountains, it would come to the weekends and I had no desire to go hiking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a switcheroo, right? Yeah, so I wanted to read and that's when I moved down to Seattle and enrolled in the University of Washington English and Creative Writing Program. Oh my gosh. And you've lived here ever since. I've lived here ever since. Oh my gosh. And now you divide your time between Seattle and Twist. That's right. Where you have a cabin. Yeah. Which is right near where I first began in North Cascades. Oh, that's so funny. I just made a circle back. Yeah. When you go to Twist, I have to wait till you go to town. Like when I'm on deadline, (laughs) you know, I have to wait till you go to town. And go to a coffee shop or something so that you can have internet access. <laughs> yeah, well, it's which wonderful is great. not to have internet. It's so great. Yeah. It's really healthy, yeah. So most recently you were served as the Webby Award-winning founding editor of PoetryFoundation.org. Right, right. So even though I've lived here my whole life, I keep leaving it for long periods when a job mysteriously appears. So mm. um, I worked at Microsoft. From the beginning of the internet. You work there so, now, too. Right. <laughs> I do work there now. So I have, I also love technology and I love the internet and social media, especially. And so, but I'm also at heart a poet. So uh, I got a call from the Poetry Foundation, which had just received out of the blue $200 million from the heir to the Lilly Har- Pharmaceutical um, fortune. And um, they wanted to build an audience for poetry, and they identified the Internet as a place to do it. Wow. So out of the blue, they called me, and it was kind of a dream job getting to apply everything I knew about the Internet and what a cool place that is to interact with people and my technology skills. So I, I, and to start from scratch, building an entirely new resource for poetry online. Wow. Wow. I, I'm I'm reminding myself of, because I know the book, The Shadow Architect, because I met you right after you finished writing that book and um, as you started to tour mm-hmm. about it. In fact, that's another thing that while we were writing, you were <clears throat> touring and then twists and, you know, just, that's which right. is great. It all worked out <laughs> great. But I'm noticing one of the titles, The Novice Insomniac. <laughs> so that must be, I got to read that book. That's yeah, got to be a good one. That yeah. just looks so funny. Well, poets uh, tend to have brains that are, you know, a little bit cracked. <laughs> I think a lot of poetry comes from trying to make sense of, of you know, whatever your suffering is, whether it's anxiety or a huge <laughs> loss. or And so poetry away is a kind of to knit your brain together and to discover how to heal yourself. Or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree with that about writing. I mean, you learn a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. Of course, you ha- having a good writing coach who points out mm-hmm you know, things about yourself is very helpful, which of course you did. You've taught creative writing and served as a writer in residence at many schools and art centers, including Lunchburg College in Virginia, the Bush School in Seattle, Sun Valley Center for the Arts, Centrum Foundation in Port Townsend, um, a foundation in New Mexico. And and then of course, you also did a fellow at Stanford University. Right. I was a Stegner fellow at Stanford where I didn't sleep at all. And that's where I wrote the novice and Oh, that's funny. I went to the sleep clinic at Stanford, and a couple of the poems are that experience of going to a sleep <laughs> clinic. Oh, how and funny. So when you have insomnia, basically, when you don't sleep, the day becomes a waking dream. And, oh, when, wow. and at night, when you finally get to sleep, you're never quite sleeping, so dreams seem like reality. Wow. So you live in this constantly altered state all the time, but oh, you're wow. exhausted. Now I know more, <laughs> even more about you, because, you know, when my head hits the pillow, I'm basically gone. 
Is that right? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, me. yeah. No, I mean, no. Like last night, yeah. I couldn't sleep at all, and I've been reading Patti Smith's <laughs> autobiography about Just Kids, the folk singer and poet Patti Smith. Oh. It's an amazing book. But I, there I was up past midnight, my brain going around in circles. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, we are live on the air today talking to my writing coach and writer, poet, and creative writer and mentor, Emily Warren. And we'll be happy to take calls, too, uh, you know, especially if you have mentoring questions or writing questions. I know Emily would love to answer them. She's very creative in her uh, answers as well. And we're going to talk about more of um, writing and my process and also your new gig going on, your new company, which is called? Right. My company's called Two Pens. It's called Writing from Both Sides of the Brain. And our, you know, the purpose is what I love to do is to teach people how to tell their stories. And these days, telling your stories happens often online, on your blog or Twitter or Facebook. So it's kind of about how to connect to people online, how to, um, if you want to share yourself and join that amazing conversation that's happening, how do you do that when there's so many millions and thousands of people? How do you reach them? So it's that kind of business. We teach people how to write for social media. And we also go into businesses. So if you have a business and They want to write a blog or even want us to write a blog. We'll do that. But we also teach the basics, how to write a business proposal. I love that. How to write a grant. Because everybody really does need to know how to write or have some basic ideas on writing. I mean, it saves a lot of time. Right. And it's the difference between writing your book proposal and writing your story. Right, right. So you need to work in this kind of creative, intuitive way to tell your story or to write your poem. But to get it out in the world, you need to have the technical how, skills. Yeah, how to yeah. present that to an agent, to a publisher, or to a, uh, you know, a possible business uh, colleague or deal. Wonderful, wonderful. So we're going to take a break here on the Marie Menu Cherry Show, and uh, and there's phone numbers that people want to call us today and ask us questions, right, Eric? That's very true. If you want to call in today, we'd love to hear from you at four two five three seven three five five two seven or toll-free at 1-877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828. Have you ever wondered who you were in a past life? Did you know that our past lives play a pivotal role in who we are today? We'll come learn about your past lives at Marie's Past Life Integration Workshop, Saturday, July 23rd, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Courtyard by Marriott on Lake Union. In this day-long interactive workshop, Marie will share her interpretation of your past lives and offer healing techniques to serve as a catalyst for positive change in this lifetime. Sign up online at energyintuitive.com or call Marie's office at 425-825-5671 to register. The Gary Mance Show, it's the home of mastery and mystery. Celebrate 100 years of Hollywood filmmaking this Saturday on Mance and Mitchell in the Morning with the great-granddaughter of the man who created Hollywood. Next, Mark Matusik tells us why the call to do the right thing has never been louder and analyzes what makes us good. Then it's the triumphant return of the happy medium, Jody LaVon, with her insight into the other side. That's Mance and Mitchell in the Morning, Saturday at 10, followed by the Gary Mance Show at 11 Pacific. 
Are you looking for tools to enhance your life or to bring those things you desire into your life? Marie offers a variety of CDs to help you do just that. Get acquainted with your seven primary chakras and balance your human energy system. Or is embracing your intuition what you're looking to learn? Or would you rather focus on a healthy immune system? These CDs and more are available through Marie's website at energyintuitive.com. For a complete list of CDs available and their descriptions, please visit Marie's website today. Forget their space and come check out our space on the web, 1150kknw.com, and find out about Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live here in Seattle on Thursday, and we're interviewing one of my favorite friends and, of course, one of my biggest mentors in life, my writing coach, Emily Warren. So, you know, I guess it's been a couple years since you first probably looked at the manuscript. That's right. It took us a couple years. A couple right? years, right. Yeah. And I think Marie thought she'd already written most of it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 450 pages. <laughs> but I knew it didn't sound good. And that's what I said to you. Like, I wrote all this, but it doesn't really sound good. And, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people that I really didn't want to write a book. My guides had been yelling at me since 19... Uh, 97, 98 to write a book. And I thought they were insane. You know, I thought uh-huh. they were on crack, really, because mm-hmm. um, I, I've never considered myself a good writer. And uh, and I didn't even like grammar, which, of course, you worked really hard to get me to like grammar. Which <laughs> didn't I, succeed. No, you did not. In fact, when you encouraged me to write The Transformative Vampire, was that what it's called? Read, yeah, The trans. The tra- no, the transitive vampire. It's transitive vampire, which I love the title because I love vampires, by the way, and love vampire <laughs> stories. You were like, okay, this is going to work. It's a grammar book. It's a grammar book, it's yeah. funny. It is funny. <laughs> and I think I have three grammar books that you've asked me to purchase, and it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> so, so in addition to being a writing coach, I have to just do the grammar book. Yeah, you have it. to edit, yeah, mm-hmm. which is perfect, which is great, you know, and... um so yeah, so it's 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 a it's a very fun experience for me because one of the first things you said after you read the manuscript is that you actually liked it, which shocked me. You know, I'm like, oh my god, she likes it. Uh oh, now I really have to do something about this because I kind of looked at writing for me as to take up spare time. You know, I certainly busy with my career and kids, but I hadn't been dating during that time period, so I had all this free time in the evening, and I would just go to coffee shops and, as I describe it, throw up on paper. And um, what you had said was actually good, not to let your mind get too caught up in the words. Mm-hmm. That's right. And Marie's a natural storyteller. Mm. So a lot of what I do as a mentor is just help people um, translate who their being is and what your presence is into words. So Marie had already written all these stories, um, and I could see them through, you know, it was 450 pages long. How many <laughs> of you read books that are 450 yeah, really? pages? Yeah. So we started, we went back to the beginning. We knew we would use that material she wrote, but that we needed to shape it into a story that felt like Marie was telling it. Right, which is what I love about your coaching style. I mean, your coaching style is to first help the person find their writing style, which I had no idea. Because the first thing you did for six months is you gave me writing assignments. Yeah, and you kind of got frustrated at the end of that. (laughs) Well, no, I actually really liked them, but they were hard. Yeah, they were They were hard writing assignments. But you're right. Eventually I said, okay, now can we go back to writing the book? Little did I know some of the writing assignments you gave me were (laughs) going into the book. (laughs) And for those of you who have never um, written before or worked with an editor or a writing coach is, you have to write everything over and over and over again, which is 
you explained that right away to me. You know, you've worked with so many people and you've mm-hmm. taught so many classes. You know that that probably is where people get frustrated. Like, oh, well, I'm done. Here I am. And you're like, um, no, it could be the 10th rewrite. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. That it all kind of makes sense. And one word can make a difference. Oh, huge difference. Where right. an entire paragraph then has to be changed. Right. 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 It, it's fascinating. Right. So spending that time teaching Marie not how to write because she was already a writer. But well, teaching her- I, I disagree with you, but thank you. I'll take it for now, yeah. So teaching her how to get her story into words. Um, writing really is revision. And yeah. so that's why Marie didn't have this trouble, but lots of other people have this trouble. It's just getting the words out. Right. And once you have the words out, then you can go back and shape it. And I love that part of writing. Um, I just do. I love figuring out the structure, and here's a paragraph Marie repeated herself or here's a scene she was trying to trying to create Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. walking down um, the hall in the hospital when she first discovered her intuitive talents so I you know she was walking down the hall in the hospital in her mind well what did that feel like right Um, what did it look like what did it smell like and that's what she didn't have at first but now when she sits down to write she automatically goes there she starts telling her story and then you stop Right. And you give the reader a place to stand and look around. Right. Well, you taught me how to do that. You know, you taught mm-hmm. me how to like, well, what does it feel like to sit on that couch? What color is it? You know, mm-hmm. you taught me how to do that. I, I think that you are, um, and I, I know that you're an excellent coach because not only because you inspire people to do their own work. In fact, that's how you prefer it. You know, please do your work. I'll help edit it. But God, could you, you write those 140 pages and then, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, but you're so kind. You're very mm. kind. You're not. I, I always think of editing because it reminds me of English school, which obviously, I mean, classes and I obviously didn't like because grammar is not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I remember being yelled at or, you know, um, being criticized, which for me and I think for most people shuts them down. And, and whatever we're trying to learn, you know, we need to be inspired mm-hmm. and nurtured. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think the positive aspects of who we are, whatever we're doing, have to be identified mm-hmm. and then brought out. And you're so good at that. You're so good at finding, first of all, um, the parts of a person in their writing, because you love writing so much that so you, you identify so well with it, the parts that really um, shine for a person. And then you help them to um, to explore those and to make them bigger. Mm-hmm. So it's just fascinating. You're you're really great at what you do. And I'm, of course, grateful that you've helped me with it. I'm sure you'll be helping me with it for the rest of my life. But <laughs> Um, I, I so appreciate it. So we actually have a, a phone call, Eric. Um, who do we have on the line? Well, we've got Shauna on the line right now calling from Seattle. Okay. Hi, Shauna. How are you? I'm good. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, no? just fine. Oh, okay, great. Um, I was uh, just really enjoying listening to you guys talk. My question um, isn't really about writing. It's actually about a dream, and I haven't had it recently, but I've had it quite a few times over like a couple of Actually, I don't even know when they first start. But so a long time ago, I lived in Oregon as part of my childhood on a piece of property. And I frequently have dreams about the property, like I'm back there. And I've just wondered if you had any insight about that. Well, okay, so is there a piece of the property that you're back on? Are you like in a meadow? Uh, Are you indoors? No, that's another thing because I've heard about that. Like a house can mean this and a dream and a piece of land. Sometimes uh-huh. it's hard to remember because I haven't had the dreams recently, but when I have them, I wake up, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I keep dreaming about this. Sometimes I'll be in the house, 
which uh-huh. actually isn't part of the 27 acres that I lived in for six years. And sometimes I'll have a dream about just being there and living there. Sometimes I have part of the reoccurring dream is I go back there and the land has changed. Mm-hmm. Like I go there and I'm exploring the trees and stuff and there'll be like a shopping mall or something, which is completely ridiculous for that part of Oregon. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, well, it's, it's, 20, it's um, about 13 miles Mm-hmm. Away from Away anything. From town. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's what I that. think. Here's I think you love huge pieces of property and land, and I think that's really what you want to live on. I think you want to live out in the middle of maybe not completely nowhere, but I think you love being in peace and tranquility, and that's why you keep having these dreams and you keep ignoring yeah. them. It's kind of like me ignoring my guides. Write a book. Yeah. I'm like, are you crazy? I can't even spell. Are you crazy? I'm not going to write a book. And and so it's very important for us to pay attention to this, the inner knowingness that we have. It's really important. I can't tell you how much fun I've had writing, especially after I met Emily. But I even had fun writing before that because I really didn't think I would ever publish a book. So throwing up on paper made me really happy. So, you know, so I think for you, really investigating, you know, if you're thinking of moving or establishing some great homestead for yourself and your family or when you create a family, if you haven't yet, I think you should seriously consider um, where you used to live in Oregon, not exactly moving to Oregon, but that whole experience. It's very important for you. Something like that. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. Yeah. And and so now that you're going to start to um, enhance, embrace that idea, then more things are going to happen. Just like when I started to finally go to my guides, okay, fine, I guess this has to be a book. And I like rewrote chapter one for an entire year. I know that sounds crazy, but that's true. Um, And then shortly after that, that's when I met Emily, when I finally like embraced what I was being asked to do. Like yours is through a dream. I was through my guides yelling at me. Um, Then things can kind of start to happen. They can kind of shift in a positive direction for you. Okay? Nice. Okay. Thank you. That sounds really good. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. So what is it that you love so much about writing? What I love is that you create objects out of words that people can dwell in. Mm, Really? That is so beautifully said. Wow. So a poem is, is as I said, it's it's a way to express what can't be expressed in any other way. It's so if you can imagine a world without poetry, no, I couldn't. What, yeah. what would we do when we fell in love, or somebody died, or? But every day there's something like that if you're open to it. So how do you? That's the only way we, as human beings, have with words anyway. And stories, well, who doesn't love a story? What's going to happen next, or what am I going to learn just by being told a story? So I like to write because every time it's a discovery. And what you're saying about, I'm not sure I would call it throwing up on paper, <laughs> but at two pens, what we think of it is it's a white, hot, messy flow. And you're not worrying about grammar or anything. You're just letting your mind and letting your body just just write. And so I think what I love about being a coach and what we're kind of offering at two pens and why I can't understand why people would be mean about it. <laughs> so people write that way. They just, it's like they put their person on paper and they can't see it necessarily. They can't see right. um, what they're saying or who they right. are. And that's exactly how you work with people. So they come in, they say something, but you don't just say, like you just said to our caller, um, <clears throat> you listen to her and you brought out what she felt, 
what she knew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they're part of it's not just you telling them what to do. Right. They're I feel like you, I'm telling them what to right. do all the time, but you're right. <laughs> They're I, giving you information. Right. And they can't see it, and then you help them. And that's what I do as a writing coach. You certainly do. In fact, I remember the day when I wrote something, and I sent it to you. It was a homework assignment, right? And I went to Woodby Island, actually, to stay there in one of the cabins in the Woodby. I think it's a writing uh, place. <laughs> I actually used to vacation there as a kid, which is funny. And uh, I sent it to you, and when we met at our popular coffee shop that we always met at, um, you said, oh, you you found your writing style. I go, what? Well, I didn't even know there was a writing style. And right. so people even have a way that when they're in the zone, I guess, of their writing, they have a way that allows them to move through the experience. Right. And it did take you writing for six months. Yeah. Not exactly knowing where you were going. Yeah. And then suddenly you got it. And you, you actually, you'd internalized it. So when you said, what? Huh? <laughs> but I could tell yeah. that you'd already internalized it. Right. And so you started writing the stories. You started writing the whole chapters. I had to do less and less work. Right. Like she says she's going to have me around for the whole <laughs> of her life. But she's learned to tell a story. She, know what, she knows what it's like to put a book together now. And she's thinking, what's the name of it? The new Well, you know, it? we actually, I haven't told you. We have Uh-oh. another new title. You have another new title. <laughs> yeah. So one of the fun things about working with a publisher is, you know, we I had a title, a working title. I had a couple working titles, yeah. actually. And then when the book proposal was written, then we decided on this working title because it sung to me. You know, uh-huh. Opening Perception was a right. working title. And then we had a title with Sounds True that I loved, but then they... Well, as you know, they wanted the book to be more of a textbook then, and I want the book to be for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's right. who I am. I write for everyone. And so the new title of the book, which you're, this is the first time <laughs> for you to hear it, which is odd, because um, we just found out, I think, yesterday, it's called Intuitive Self-Healing. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm so glad you like it. Yeah. I'm so yeah. glad you like it. Yeah. yeah. So intuitive self-healing, um, because of the beautiful anatomy that's in the book and all the exercises, mm-hmm. you know, and the stories are to help people maybe connect personally, right? right? Right. So that they can perhaps heal a part of their life, too, that may be reflected in the story. Right. Yeah. And yeah. figuring out who you're writing to is actually as important as writing. And I know. I remember you asking me that, you know, at a coffee shop, you know, <laughs> and I said, I write for everyone. And you're looking, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you know. But um, I wanted to talk about your, your last book, The Shadow Architect, because that's a complicated book, I, I think. think. So. Okay. I mean, it's a book on poetry, but it's about Judaism. It's, it's about the Jewish faith mm-hmm. and the stories and the Jewish religion mm-hmm. and then creating poetry based on these very old mm-hmm. traditional stories. Mm-hmm. I think it's complicated. Um, I suppose it's complicated. It's really, a, it, it's my spiritual journey through oh. the Hebrew letters, through the Hebrew oh. alphabet. So Judaism is different than some other religions in that it's completely focused and centered in the word Mm. and Mm. so whereas if a christian mystic might see jesus christ or mary on a wall or have a vision of them in judaism there was an amazing seer you know amazing teacher who had a vision of the letters Mm. and he saw the letters actually ascending and descending a ladder and it was also kind of given to him in this vision that each letter had generative powers. 
you know, that it was, you could create with it. And each letter had three types of generative powers. And one was that it was related to the world. So a Hebrew letter looks like something in the world. So just like some ideograms in Chinese do. So for instance, the letter bait um, looks like an open tent door, which goes way, way, way back um, to when Jewish people were nomads wandering Mm. around the desert. Mm. So each letter, according to this mystic whose name is Baal Shem Tov, the master of the good name, also one of its generative powers is its name, Mm. which relates to its soul. So our names relate to our souls. So the letter bait um, means house. Its name is house. And in my journey, that became building a dwelling place on the earth for your spirit. Wow. Wow. Oh, that's absolutely gorgeous. But the wait, the third, (laughs) the third generative power I'm teaching you. Sorry. I love it. No, (laughs) go ahead. The third generative power is its number or the divinity. And so the bait is the number two. Every Hebrew letter has a number or is a number. And that is the mystery of kind of multiplicity and unity, that we're all different and unique and we're all one. So in the book, there are three poems that correspond to each of those those powers. Oh, well, I, it's very <clears throat> beautiful. I do think it's complicated and very interesting. <laughs> it just shows how smart you are. And we're going to take a break here on the Remanu Cherry Show. When we come back, we're going to talk more about my writing coach, Emily Warren, who is the poet, who's also a Zen <laughs> Buddhist. So on top of being Jewish and have written a whole book on Jewish poetry, in my mind, you're also a Zen Buddhist, which makes it very exciting and kind of interesting when we think of Sounds True. So we'll be right back with Emily Warren. Join Marie once a quarter in 2011 for her new Thursday evening class, Stepping Into Consciousness. This two-hour-long seminar will teach you how to positively live in this reality and how to reawaken yourself from the dreamlike state where most of us humans reside. Come interact with like-minded people, and you may even receive a mini-reading. Upcoming Stepping Into Consciousness classes will be held on May 19th, August 18th, and October 20th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Redmond Town Center Marriott. Register online at energyintuitive.com or call 425-825-5671. The Healing from Within Supporting a Healthy Brain DVD is now available for purchase. Marie and Dr. Sheila Dunn-Merritt's third DVD covers the human brain in its entirety. They describe the brain as being a universe filled with multi-sensory abilities. Learn why neurotransmitters and serotonin levels can affect your mood. Gain knowledge about what vitamins and minerals are imperative to healthy aging. Exercises and meditations are included. If you haven't picked up your copy of the first two DVDs on detoxification or heart health, they're available online at www.energyintuitive.com or by calling 425-825-5671. There's an exciting new astrology hour, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. with Deborah Silverman. Deborah's unique blend of psychology and astrology turns planetary language into plain English. Join us for an interactive hour that's guaranteed to give you personal insights in a fun and entertaining way. Tune in to Deborah Silverman Live. Whatever your life question, marriage, job, family, relocation, or just curiosity, call for a live reading. 
Tuesdays at 5 p.m. And visit Deborah's website at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. Stay informed with news, traffic, and weather at the top of the hour, weekdays on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle, and you know you can always listen to this show live from anywhere in the world from my website. You can go to energyintuitive.com, go to the radio page, and click on this little thing that says listen live. And also, Eric, people can listen through KKNW. And how do they do that? That's right. Just go to our website, 1150kknw.com, and click on the listen live button. Yeah, and you can listen to the show anywhere in the world, which is lovely. One of the things I love about this station, you know, we get to be live here in Seattle and the surrounding Washington Mm -hmm. area, and then we get to be live on the web. It's a win-win. We're just thrilled. And so as everyone knows who's listening today, I am interviewing my writing coach, and and of course she's more than my writing coach, but, you know, I'm just being selfish, um, poet Emily Warren. And so when did you become a Buddhist? I became a Buddhist in 1989, Ah. and I don't really consider myself a Buddhist per se. I consider Zen a way to be in touch. Um, it's it's more like a meditation practice because I think Buddhism and Buddhists, it's really from Asia and India and those other cultures. So mm-hmm. culturally, I'm not a Buddhist. Zen meditation has meant everything to me. It's how oh my I could re-enter Judaism. I don't even know how many re- retreats you've gone to since I've known you. <laughs> to me, you are a Buddhist before you're a Jew. <laughs> I see. But, you know, how you see yourself is actually more important. So so meditating helped you to really more integrate into your faith. Right. Because until then, I would kept trying to reunite. But, you know, a lot of religions are pretty... Mm, you know, fundamentalists, they tell you what to do and how to do it. And when. And yeah. when, and they want your mind to think certain things. And Zen is just about being with your own mind, being with your own body, being with what's in the environment. So Zen, you learn that you aren't separate from anything, mm-hmm. that we have these kind of autonomous selves. We're individuals. But the only way we can come to know ourselves is in relationship. Mm-hmm. So sitting in silence you start to hear everything talking to you and you start responding to it. So uh, a bird call or a bell, it isn't a bird call or a bell. It's you in that bell meeting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or you in that bird meeting. And then Mm -hmm. you can take that out in the world. And when you meet someone, you can let them be entirely themselves like we do in writing and just respond to that. It's not either you nor them. It's your relationship with them. Wow. Oh, I, I think that's so beautiful. Um, the kind of interesting synchronicity, if you will, is is why we were writing. You were preparing me for, okay, we're going to write a book proposal. I'm like, okay. And I'd have written one before, you know, and then we we're very fortunate. Someone who I'd interviewed on the radio just out of the blue sent me her book proposal so that for self-help books, right? Mm-hmm. So all these interesting synchronicities, but you were preparing me for rejections and, <laughs> and we're not going to get, you know, it's going to be hard uh-huh. to get an agent maybe and to get a publisher. And, and, you know, I really didn't care because I really mm-hmm. never thought I was going to be published. And I kept saying, oh, it's okay. I don't care. I'll, I'll self-publish worst case scenario. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was never worried. And, um, you know, right away we got an agent, which right. was amazing. Right. Thanks to Ainsley McLeod. He helped us out enormously on that and um, re- referred his agent to me. And then, um, and then the agent right away sent it to like five publishers, and uh, 
interesting enough, the publisher that I wanted, that I had even mentioned, you know, if I ever was going to get published, <laughs> my dream would be to be published by Sounds True. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, and they publish a lot of books on Buddhism. They do. Yeah. yeah. They do. The great Buddhist teachers in America now. Yeah. Pema Chodron, Jack Cornfield. You're so, and that's so amazing because people turning to them will find you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just think it's so interesting, too, that you love Buddhism, uh and yet the publisher that I wanted, you Mm -hmm. know, that that was the one who maintained interest, you know, Mm -hmm. in the book proposal, is Sounds True, you know? So we're just in this great company of amazing people. Yeah, it's fabulous. Right. But what's interesting to me about that is... And it's kind of what we teach people in two pens and why I love two pens classes or just offering my own mentoring services through two pens or we offer a lot of writing services. But is that why did Marie get her book published? Why did an agent? <laughs> oh, you it are up? so smart. OK, OK. Yeah. Do you okay. Have- and that is because Marie has gone about being her authentic self in the world. Mm. So she's. um she has an amazing presence for those of you who just listen on the radio know that, but if you've ever taken a workshop or had a reading Which, by thank her, you for taking workshops. Yes. So I nice to see that's... you in Dodge in the class. <laughs> right. So sweet yeah. and humbling. It's great. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the ways I was really drawn to is watching you teach. Um, but so Marie has already built all these relationships with all these people all over the world and on her website and in her classes and, the publisher recognized that, that mm. Marie's already mm-hmm. has an audience. So a lot of what we tell bloggers, you know, they think about wanting to talk to millions of people, um, wanting to have 12,000 followers on Twitter. <laughs> but And they'll come up with all these ideas. And we try to find who is this person? Who really are they? Mm. And find that persona, who they are, to present out there. And and always be writing from that place and starting with the people you already have relationships with. And that's how you can sell a book or write a book or whatever you want to do. You might not want to be writers, but you might have something else you really want to give to the world. Well, Marie didn't start with 13,000 people on your mailing list. No, I no, I, I don't even have close to that yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, but how I many will. people did you start with? Oh. On my mailing list, one. <laughs> Your daughter? Yeah, right. Yeah, probably all the kids. Yeah, and how right. many people did you start when you started doing readings? Oh, one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. you have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and one of the things, what, what I also think you were heading down towards and what, you, what you're learning and what I've learned in my life is that, and, and I love what you said about being your authentic self, because that's really what is important to share. That's what mm-hmm. makes it interesting, mm-hmm. right? That's where knowledge comes from and wisdom is from our authentic selves Mm -hmm. and we're all different Mm -hmm. absolutely oh so beautiful and um it's also then believing in yourself and being positive and optimistic Mm -hmm. about yourself and who you are Mm -hmm. and not getting caught up in negative dialogue or we Mm -hmm. had a caller and not a caller but eric had read um a question on the air yesterday and it was about someone who wanted to build their business and my you know advice to them was to really believe in yourself feel successful, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, in fact, what I did before I asked you to read my manuscript is I would look in the mirror because I'm a big believer in mirror work. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's anything I want to manifest in life and I've done everything I know how to do, which is a lot and it isn't happening, I know I've got to get my butt to a mirror. If only I would do that first, Uh I'd save a lot of time. (laughs) That's interesting. Most of us don't feel comfortable looking in the mirror and Mm -mm. saying loving or kind or interesting or 
things that aren't true yet in a mirror. And so I looked in the mirror in my living room, which is like a sacred place for me. And I would say, and I would speak in the second person, as you know, we'll talk about that too in my writing. I I, I don't really like to talk about myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> which has been challenging. You've had to like, no, right. Isn't that amazing? first person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and it, and it, it, but you helped me a lot and that was really big informative for me mm-hmm. to realize that I don't really want to be out there standing, but I need to in, right. in my profession and I do to some degree. So I really need to do it more authentically, you know, which right. is important. So I would look in the mirror and I would say, I'm an amazing author. Mm-hmm. And at first it didn't feel you good. You never told me that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a couple firsts today, the title and this. Yeah. So I would look in the mirror and say, I'm an amazing author. And of course, at first when I said that, it felt terrible. You know, like, <clears throat> you want to gag and, you know. Um, but after a while, it felt really good. Mm-hmm. And I still say it because, you know, I've got some work to do to be an amazing author, I believe. Uh, and, but after it got into my cells enough because that's what happens when you look in the mirror and you say what you want as if it's already happened Mm -hmm. in the first second or third person whatever you can handle (laughs) um you start to change your cells in your dna Mm. you start to shift your frequency and your vibration Mm -hmm. and and of course i encourage people to say things that are truly things that they want or feel that would be in their best interest Mm -hmm. right and so even though you know writing has scared me to to be a writer would be and to be published would be a, a, a big dream come true for me. I love books. I could mm-hmm. be in a bookstore all day long and just smell, you know, <laughs> really. That's why, I, that's why I bought The Seed of the Soul maybe 20 different times. It's uh-huh. one of my favorite books, as you know. Right, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I, I, I think I have three copies at home right now, but I'm always giving copies away so I can go buy another new one. <laughs> um, at any rate, um, I think that mirror work is really important it, mm-hmm. it, it shifts your frequency and then when your frequency shifts enough then other things synchronistically can come into your life like you coming into my life in that way as you teaching me mm-hmm. um transform and mm-hmm. help you move in that direction mm-hmm. yeah what's so interesting about what you're saying is that that your story is in the book that you let people get to know you in the book. Now, that was difficult at yeah. first because she wanted to write as one knows that or, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, there, it's Marie knowing. But so we decided that one of the ways to really teach what Marie knows was through the stories of other people, how they right. worked with Marie. It's more comfortable for me. Yeah, yeah, that's more. But then she started to find ways that that related to your story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that will make the book so wonderful to read and will reach readers is that they get to know you at the same time. A little time. bit. A, a little, little bit. bit. Not yeah. everything, <laughs> not right? Too no, much. No, no, yeah. No, she didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No. But maybe the next, but I agree. You know, yeah. it's like I didn't let the whole cat out of the bag, but I, I let some, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and it's something I just have to continue getting comfortable with. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and interesting enough, I think that's how I'm getting to know myself, you know, huh. is, is, right. which is what you've said about right. writing. Yeah. You get to know yourself. Right. So out of all your books, which one's your favorite? I think The Shadow Architect. Really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So what? why is it your favorite? Well, it was an exhibition with Dennis Evans, who's this wonderful Northwest artist. Artist. Who's a, a mutual um, friend of a mutual oh, right. friend, right? Andrea right. Frizen. Right. Who's his sh- dealer. He's his art, art dealer and a great yeah. friend of mine. I went to Italy. I mean, I met her in Sicily, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's the whole story I'll have to tell. Yeah. yeah it was okay. great. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a journey with him. You know, mm-hmm. I'd love to collaborate. Um, but it was also I set myself 
this task, similar to what you did. And it went back to the original roots of Judaism. So, you know, in the Torah it says, and everyone knows this, God said, let there be light, and there was light. So it was about the world came into being through words. And so it was about the immaterial, what's invisible, creating the material. But it's also the other way that the material creates immaterial. So even though it sounds complicated, the poems are really accessible. They're really easy oh, to read. Oh, yeah, they're beautiful. They're, it's not, the poems themselves aren't complicated. No, they're not. Just because <clears throat> I listened to you give a talk at one of my favorite bookstores, which has now moved and I haven't seen it since, which is Elliot Book. Yeah, Store. it's on Capitol Hill. It's on Capitol Hill now. I haven't been to the new one, but I, I, I'm sure it's beautiful. I loved the old one because you yeah. could just smell the wood right. in that right. bookstore, right? Just right. phenomenal. And you, you know, gave a talk there, and I was mm-hmm. blessed to sit next to another mutual friend of ours, Trish. Yeah. Yeah, who, um, it, um, just a, a little backstory. Uh, Emily, you know, you didn't want me to let anybody read um, parts of the book until they were really quite clean, right? right? <laughs> She didn't listen to me. No, I didn't. On several <laughs> things, I didn't listen to you, right? And so I would send them to my friends to uh-huh. get their opinions, and Trish was one of them, uh-huh. you know, and she's very helpful. So anyway, I got to sit next to Trish at the LA Bookstore and listen to you talk about, you know. Shadow Architect. Sh- Shadow Architect, yeah. Right. And Shadow Architect is actually um, the name of the artist in the Torah. So there's a master artist that everybody forgets, but it was Bezalel, and it means shadow, which is the shadow of God, meaning to make an image of God, to emulate God. And he's the one who created the tabernacle. And there's this whole chapter in Exodus, and it's amazing to read because it's about, it's just about the materials, like this colored dye was from this seashell and this type of wood. And it's and it was like for me walking into Dennis Evans' studio, just walking into these spaces that are so creative, you get so much energy from them. So that's what the book, why it was so amazing is to set yourself this task that there are 22 letters. Each one has, you know, the world, its soul, and its divinity. And you don't, you're going to discover what that is. And it's a journey of discovery. And you're going to take people on that same journey. So the first one is about setting out. The next one is building your dwelling place. The next one is about finding your teacher. The next one is about initiation, being initiated. But poems don't, you can't write them on command. So sometimes I'd, you know, it would take me months. I'd walk, I'd read all this ancient history and stories about these letters until this poem would come through. And so it took me four or five years to write. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's amazing. And so Dennis, Dennis's pieces were the kits and my poems were the manuals. Wow. And if you had a kit and a poem, you could invent the universe. Wow. And so that's kind of what language does, you know. Wow. So that's that's my favorite. Now I'm writing completely differently. Really? There, are, are you writing another <clears throat> book right now? Oh, of, yeah. I mean, I'm writing. Of course, I'm I writing. I didn't know this. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I know you, you write can't. all the time, yeah. but I, well, I wasn't thinking that you were writing another yeah. book. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what it's going to be about? Well, this one is actually more emotional and oh, more about... Wow. The land and wow. so it's more about dealing with um there it kind of weaves it's much more um it's kind of much more intuitive they don't start here and end here they wander around mm-hmm. but they always make sense so 
it's kind of how my mind works, you know, Mm -hmm. like two pens writing from both sides of the brain. Mm -hmm. But you actually get to go on that, not a journey like the letters, but a journey every time this moment happens where I'm not explaining this. No, you're doing beautiful. But it's about love and loneliness and all those things we long for. And those are the little journeys in the poem. So I think in a way, people will love these poems. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I have no doubt. Yeah. Absolutely no doubt. Yeah. So how can people get a hold of you? Um, I, I mean, they can go to my website, your picture and the connection to your website. Is there is there a website address for Two Pins? Yep. It's twopens.com. And again, we offer classes that help people find their authentic selves, especially if they're trying to start a blog. But we also have a course called Writing to Think, Writing 101 for people who just are averse to writing. They don't know where to start. And then so you can come to our classes or you can hire us to come to your business. So if you need like people, you're an engineering firm and you need business proposals written well, like your book proposal. Right. So yeah. you can land a contract. Yeah. Land a deal. Thank so goodness. That's, right. Yeah. So that's, and Eric said we did a very good job. <laughs> right. On your book proposal. Yeah. So um, and then we also offer services. So if you're looking for a mentor or um, your business needs blog writers or um, you need to build a brand online. So we offer so classes, come in to do in-house seminars, and also um, offer our writing services. It's wonderful. So I'm going to ask you to say a poem on the air. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm putting you on. You can pick any poem you want. You can make up one. So I, long as it's two minutes long or No, shorter. less. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it has to be really, really <laughs> short. But while you're thinking about okay. it, okay. okay, you just you have you get a couple of minutes or not okay. a minute, you get like thirty seconds, right? According to Eric, is that um, also uh, I'm going to be teaching a class tonight. I'm at the Redmond Town City um, uh, Marriott, and I'm teaching um, stepping into consciousness. And I, I think of these classes as small mentoring groups, and so they. Um, so I'm looking forward to it, and of course I'll be talking a little bit about Italy and some of my experience as as well. Um, so I'm looking forward for everybody. You can go to my website, find out more about. You can show up, you can register online, whatever you want, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. So Emily, I've put you on the spot here. I know. <laughs> um, here's a, here's a poem if I can remember all of it. I haven't been um, reading my book much lately, but. This is called The Master Gardener. It's about meeting your teacher. I have to pull it up from my brain. Pull up a chair. Here's how to breathe life into a woman who every morning sweeps her porch clean of dust and spider webs. She's planted lilacs in memory of her husband who's 20 years dead. At, du- at, at dusk, she returns to water lilacs. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, the end goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the purple torches, nectar for bees, a flock with no preacher who, bridge, who builds a bridge to what is missing now begin. That is so 
beautiful. Thank you so much. That was gorgeous. You can read the whole poem in Shadow Architect. I <laughs> it's really gorgeous. Must <laughs> it was perfect into our our, t- our beautiful day today in the teacher. Thank you so much, Emily. You're oh, my welcome. Love to you. It's wonderful to be here. And I'll see everyone tonight. Until then, joyful blessings. Bye bye.